Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like Slow to Speak, Quick to Listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode. So today we're going to be talking about what we call a false sense of peace about divorce, not after divorce, about divorce, like about getting a divorce. So this is something that we hear, I would say, from spouses that want out of the marriage and are really done with the marriage quite often. Well, not technically from them directly, because we're not really talking to them directly, but it's from their spouse that is standing and fighting for the marriage, if that makes sense. So, because people come to us all the time to say their marriage, yeah, we help couples, of course, that's what we're for, but we also help individuals say their marriage when their spouse doesn't want to. So what do we get? Well, we get a lot of people that come to us uh, for that very reason. And we hear that all the time. Yes. And, you know, we hear things like, you know, God told me to get a divorce or God gave me a piece about a divorce just to divorce you. You know, yeah. God God wants me to be happy. You know, as some other things that we hear people say is, you know, you know, God doesn't want this for the kids. So, you know, he he would rather us have two happy homes than one miserable home. You know, this is God's this is not my God's plan for my life. That's another one we hear like, so yeah. I should leave. No, this is not how God intended marriage to be. So this is all things plus honestly, so many more. Honestly, a lot more. This is just all, you know, we could remember. Common. But these are these are ones that are really common. And they even try to use scripture to prove it's what God wants, right? And how do we know this? Number one, we hear it. A lot. Two, I did it, right? Tommy. I did this very exact yes. thing. So when we speak about this topic, it isn't coming from a place of theory. <laughs> or I was telling some the other day, I was like, you know, uh, you know, with us, you're going to get very, I asked him, I was like, you know, you need to, are you willing to stop going to counseling? Because you're going to get very contradictory stuff from us. Meaning that like everything they've learned is from a book in theory. Everything we've learned is from actual real world use. And so it's actually applicable. It's very, very contradictory and different stuff. But anyways, regardless of that, it's a whole other topic. The point of this, like we use, I used to use scripture, like this one particularly a lot, like it's better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome or the other version of it says nagging wife. Uh, it's Proverbs twenty one nineteen. Um, but it, you know, it's better to live in a desert with than with a quarrelsome nagging wife, basically. Yeah. And so it was really lovely. Tommy used to quote that to me all the time. And, you know, I was like, Great. So thank you for calling me a nagging, quarrelsome woman all the time. So it was degrading, but then he was using it as justification as well, along with a lot of other scripture. He used scripture quite a bit as a as a weapon against me in our darkest hour. Yeah. And this isn't only about using scripture. So if you're not doing that, cool. Um, but this is about also like some other things. So we're going to talk about quite a few things. We're going to talk about why people come up with con- this conclusion. Number one, about getting a divorce Two, what is God's position on divorce at this point in time? Cause we want to be very clear about it. Also how to fix things versus just ending it. 
Uh, and then also one thing we're going to integrate with these other three things is going to be the only time that God will give you a, it's kind of a caveat to peace about divorce. Mm-hmm. And we're going to address that. And I know we're not about divorce. We understand like that, but we're just going to explain what we mean by that. So if, if you're like, what? I thought they weren't about just old pump the brakes. You'll get it when we get there. Yeah. So stay tuned. Listen all the way through. But so let's dive into like, why do people come up with the conclusion about getting a divorce in the first place? Like this is a big aspect and you have to understand, you know, how they got to this point and how they came. You have to understand like what's going on with that person that's led them to this point in the first place, you know, and it's, it's taking a heart position and understanding and really curiosity is going to be one of the best approaches to this. It's going to, you're going to have to take out the assumptions and just know how, like, no, like they're a hurting individual and they don't know what to do. They're at the end of their rope. They're at the end of the rope within like the marriage and just in this like constant battle and they're looking for peace. Not only at the end of their marriage, but within themselves, they're yes. at the end of the rope within themselves too. And Here's the truth. They most likely are filled with not only hurt, sadness, despair, uh, and they have their walls up from being let down so many different times and hurt so many different times. And even maybe a lot of, not always, but a lot of, a lot of times, a lot of built up resentment and bitterness over time too. Uh, now I do want to address something here because we, we deal with this all the time. So I know the like the rebuttals are going to come up here <laughs> and I'm going to address them. So like one of them here is that, well, I've forgiven. I don't have anything. I'm just all woo and wah and like just Zen woman or Zen per- man. Or, like, it's just like, <laughs> like I've I forgiven. I'm, I embody the embodiment of forgiveness. Zen, right? Whatever it is. Right. Uh, but anyways, like that's retarded. Anyways, like one of the things there, like you don't really have true forgiveness because when you don't really understand it, true forgiveness, true forgiveness has to take place in an identity purpose here. And the fact that you're searching for happiness, peace, and joy outside of your own internal place is the the fact of understanding that you haven't, aren't really a true healthy individual to begin with. So let's just put that out there first. Also, I'm not here to belittle anyone. I'm just saying that like, that's just one thing you got to consider there. So if you don't like us being blunt, I'm sorry to tell you that that's you're in the wrong place, but this is something also uh, for for the individual that most likely is see, is seeing that they are seeking God that they came that basically that they came to lightly. So what I'm saying is like they're not they're not coming to a place of like doing this and this decision where they're at right now in a light place. Like it isn't just something that's oh I think I want to get a divorce today. Like it's something that they actually have thought about probably for a while. Yes. To be honest with you, it's been something that they didn't originally want to go to at all. And like we said, they're at the end of the rope. Uh, well, past it at this point, to be honest with you. And they don't know what else to do. Like, this is the only option. Yeah, so that they feel. And so most likely, you know, they feel like they have done everything that they could. And so, you know, they're at the place of like, I don't know what else to do. And so they're done in that aspect. And it's such a common place to be. Like, this is... You know, I, it just does remind me so much of when we were in our hell on earth of, you know, some of the things that Tommy would quote to me and and say to me. And it's just like, you know, this isn't what I originally wanted, but there's just no there's just no hope. And like, there's just no way there's just no no trust. And, you know, he would tell me all of these aspects. And so I know it wasn't a decision that just like woke up one day of like, hey, by the way. Today is the day that I just decided I'm going to get a divorce. <laughs> it was for years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's outliers like that. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time it's not. And so at this point, like there's there's been issues going on for not only probably years, but it, for people that come to us, it, it could be going on for 20 plus years in the marriage. And they're they're just like done. Uh, and they most likely feel that they have done honestly everything that they could have did so far that they've done to try to fix it. And so they don't really understand that there's anything else. They don't understand there's any other options here to try to fix it. And you got to also understand from a perspective, relationship trauma is very, very, very bad. Mm, Gosh, yes. Wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. If if you haven't gone through it, then a person cannot, and I repeat, cannot and will never understand even close, remotely close to, not even a snowflake of close on an iceberg to understanding what the level of pain looks like in a relationship when you have relationship trauma. 
and I'll just add here, if you have a person that hasn't been through this, trying to help you through this, that oh gosh, that's that's just that's just dumb. I'm sorry. Th- there's no possible way they could even come close to helping you because they don't understand. So, uh, and I, a lot yeah. of times it's met with with more of like mockery or just kind of like a a down like a downward like just reflection of you, just like oh okay, <laughs> or like why would you want to stay? So just be mindful of that. But, you know, how do we know all of this? And it's not not just because we've gone through this, but we have. Like, we've gone through this and so much more. Like, we, we've yeah. gone through so many things within our marriage. And, you know, pretty much everything quadruple times over minus death. But we've we've had a lot of these issues here. And, you know, I really think that if we would have continued on our trajectory, like it could have killed Tommy. Like it was really bad. Yeah. Everybody handles it differently. So however, the way I took it, my body just did not respond well to all this mentally, physically, primarily physically. And, you know, honestly, oftentimes people get to the point where they feel like it could have killed them. And I can agree on that. Uh, I believe a hundred percent. If we would have kept going past the point we were at, and we did this for years, um, upon years and it would have killed me. I was having blackouts. It was in, it was insanely bad hair loss, uh, uh, heart palpitations. Like, I mean, you name it. Like I was debating, I was looking at talking to cardiologists to try and figure out like what, what was going on with my heart. And it was, there was so many things. It was, Oh, it was so bad. Uh, yeah. But. And so it's so important to recognize like how, how bad like this is going on and people like you, people will hit a point that they cannot sustain staying in that state of chaos and that emotional turmoil forever. And so that's, you have to have that understanding of, you know, so that's why it's so important for goodness sake. Like if your spouse is telling you, Hey, like we need to get help. Don't freaking take that for granted and just be like, Oh, well, you know, we can just fix things ourselves because then you wouldn't have been there in the first place, right? That's ignorant. And, and, I, and, I, and I did that before, so I understand where you're coming from, but it's ignorant. And, and we don't want you to get to that place where, you know, your, if your spouse hasn't already said this, then we don't want you to get to a place where they do. And so don't take, like, don't wait to take action. Take, take action now, right? And Not a counselor. Not a counselor. Let me just put that right out there right now because I know it's where people first think of when they think of getting help. Don't do it. We have a whole thing on like a lot of things on why you shouldn't go to that. It's a daily, it's a daily thing that we hear on the phone from people. You want to lose daily. hope, especially you want them to lose hope. Go do that. Um, or have them to go leave to quote unquote, find themselves, which is a huge lie to begin with. Yeah. Also, I was talking with a guy on another point here real quick before we dive into the scientific standpoint, but I was talking with a guy the other day and he's like, he's like, yeah, we started going on dates and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, shouldn't have did that. And he's like, what, why is that? I was like, because all that's going to do when you have walls up and resentment is highlight the disconnect and discomfort. And they're going to come with the conclusion of, I love you as a person, as the father of my kids, but not, not as, not as my spouse. He's like, that's exactly what happened. I was like, yeah, cause I'm right. <laughs> what it is. Right. Like, I know, I know I'm right. Um, but anyways, as we want to explain the mindset of what's going on there real quick before we dive into what's going on scientifically, but from the scientific standpoint as to how this goes here, what's going on here is that the brain is, is, is that the brain is, is in this person is so is in so much pain, the person in themselves and their emotional system, uh, not only central nervous system is probably fried at this point, to be honest oh, yeah. with you, completely fried. uh, they're in, they're in so much pain that their brain is searching for a way out. Their body is searching for a way out. All of it, not just their thoughts. I'm talking their actual body is trying to suggest ways for a way out. And of course, yes, the devil is too, but he doesn't, he doesn't want unity, but the devil, but anyways, their body, some scientific point is trying to search a way out. So not only from a conscious level, but also from a subconscious level, because we've got to remember we're, well, we may not, you may not know, but we're actually 90, 95% subconscious or 95% subconscious and 5% conscious human beings, meaning only 5% of us is actually conscious. So you have to understand that point. So our brains are very, very powerful, but our brains as humans are designed for for survival and to seek the path of least resistance and mostly safety. Yeah. One of the things is like we as a society has developed like into, you know, all the technology and all of these aspects, but our brain still is, you know, the same concept of in the primitive days in those aspects. So still seeking safety like that, that's going to be like the main goal. 
especially because you got to think about it. Okay, think about this from a logical standpoint. Take all the emotions out of it for a second and just think about from a logical standpoint. If your body is exhibiting symptoms of stress, anxiety, overwhelm to the point where you're ha- you have memory loss, you have, you're ha- having hair loss, you're having blackouts, heart palpitations, nauseous, you're not sleeping, you're maybe sleeping every now and then, you're not eating. Like, what is that real? What is your body going to do? Oh my gosh, we're dying. We're in a fight or flight state. What am I going to do? Suggest safe routes. Yep, absolutely. So what goes on here, okay, let's go to another level here. So what goes on here from another level is the RAS. What does that stand for? Reticular activating system. So what is your reticular activating system? Well, if you've ever gone and buy, I'll just use it in kind of layman's terms here, but if you've ever gone like and bought a car, and I love cars, uh, future reference. But if you ever go buy cars or bikes or bike or whatever, motorcycles, whatever it is, if you ever go buy it and then now all of a sudden, you didn't see them everywhere before, but now you see them everywhere. It's like it, it out of nowhere. Everyone has one now. Everyone, I see it everywhere I go. Everywhere. It's like, I don't even want one anymore now. I it's felt like, special before and now I don't. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, uh, it's one of those things where now you see it everywhere yeah. now. And it's, and this is where the brain kicks in and cause it's, it's your mind is seeking that right now it is aware. And so the RAS is kicked in and you will see it everywhere. It's now brought to the forefront of the awareness. And so where it was subconscious before now you're aware. Yep. Okay. And also on top of that, so go back to the relationship side here. Remember the RAS trick, the activating system, but because your mind is searching for a ways out of the pain, remember that and the severe trauma that you're in right now. I've even seen people exhibit myself symptoms of PTSD here. Uh, I'm not in it anymore, but I used to be. You are going to see ways out through your reticular activating system. Signs, and Mm -hmm. I use air quotes, signs (laughs) that God has delivered you for ways out of the places that you're in. Right? And so you're going to see all these different things. I'm not saying that God can't use things to show you things. I'm not saying he doesn't use your reticular activating system sometimes. Of course he does, but it has to align with his biblical principles and values, and this does not. Yeah, that's the the big aspect is like when you think like when you're like, okay, God's telling me something. Check it first with the Bible. Like, does this align with the Bible and the actual like what God says, and not like a twisted version of what God says, but the you know what God says. Yep. Because it, it doesn't change. Yeah, I, and I I get it where you're at. I understand where you're at. We hated each other, and I'll go into what we've been through short in a brief snippet at the end, but here's the thing. Uh, People will see things in a lot of these different ways. They'll see things in the Bible that they think is a way out. They'll all of a sudden see verses. They'll all of a sudden see the Bible app, you know, different verses on there. They'll all of a sudden see scripture verses on the, at church and all of a sudden see the pastor talk about certain things, whatever it may be, they're going to see and interpret this through a unhealthy lens on, in a hurt lens on how, in a toxic lens on how the, on how the Bible and the pastor and everywhere else, these are telling them to end their marriage. And I've seen pastors do this because I'm like, I, I not, not intentionally, I'm not saying that, but I've seen pastors say scriptures on relationship stuff and they don't mean it in that way. Cause I've talked to them behind the scenes, but then I'm like, Oh, I wish they really wouldn't have did that. Or they would have gave a lot more context to it because now I know someone or multiple people in the crowd are going to be like, ah, oh, I got the okay from God. And I'm like, Oh, you just ended a marriage right there. Like it just annoys the crap out of me. But anyways, uh, another one is reels and shorts and TikToks, all those types of things. You'll see like things that are suggested by social media, the algorithms, different things like that, that pop up. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, this is from God. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> same thing along with it going into like the YouTube videos and, you know, just like random songs, social media. And, you know, honestly, like once you click on once, like, so it just takes clicking on like one real one short one TikTok. One. It one. Just all it takes is one. And then all of a sudden you're going to be bombarded. You have to think like the smartest scientists in the world are paid extremely well to keep you engulfed into social media. So like in those aspects. And so they are, that's what they're paid to do is to feed you what it is that you are seeking. And so just know that like social media can be a trap in those aspects, whether it be YouTube, you know, whatever platform, whether it be TikTok or I, I can't even name all them, Instagram, like whatever it is that is your vice. We all have different vices, Pinterest. You know, I clicked on 
one friends reel because I think I do think the the show friends is funny and now my reels is like lots of friends episodes and it's just like wow one it only took one yeah. and also what you got to think of like we know people like personally um that not only do we know how to get people's attention because we're in the um online space and we run a business in the online space but we also know people that do that because we're where we're at mm-hmm. so like we know people that are um that we, we met a guy uh, a number of years ago that gets paid $10,000 an hour to get people's attention in short here, get yeah. people's attention. Attention is the number one thing that you can do to make money. If you can get people's attention, he's a sales copywriter, but that's what he does. He pays $10,000 plus an hour. I've met other people that make millions and then royalty fees on top of the sales copy that they write. It's, it's one, it's a high income skill. And so like, and the reason for it is because it's attention. When you get people's attention, you're able to, they have also things on Facebook ads. Speaking of Facebook, they have sp- Facebook things that you do, uh, including retargeting ads, where if you click on one and then you get retargeted over and over again through ads on their Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere, it follows you. So like, it, you know. Yeah. So yeah. just to hit on that, a lot of times, especially, you know, in that aspect of like, well, you know, I'm just happier. I'll be happier with a divorce and like that's what God told me, then that's what is going to be a flooding. There's going to be a lot of, especially for the women. I And I hate this. Like I am a woman, but I hate this whole like empowerment aspect of like you do you, right? Like, no, I believe in like healthy women a thousand percent like that. Like I have a passion. Alpha healthy. Uh, yeah. I, and, and, and not in, and like he said, like, and not a dot, like a, not a, a, like a doormat way either. Right. But a healthy aspect. However, once you click on that or get that thought process and then mention something about it, you're going to be flooded by these people who are like, I'm divorced and I'm happier than ever. And it's like, yeah, um, not so, but that's, what's going to be coming in. And it's going to feed those mindsets of like, this is where, you know, I would be better off. And it's just going to play into that leading you astray. Yeah. And then you got stuff, of course, of course, when it comes to like social media suggestions, yes, that we talked about, but you also got stuff like AI, like artificial intelligence now is we, we go to a conference every year in California, not for artificial intelligence, but a church conference, but because it's in the Silicon Valley, if you haven't gone to it, amen conference. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, tech giants there that we meet. Um, and when it comes to that, there, AI is huge. Yes. And I will tell you, your phone listens to you. Yeah. And that's not a conspiracy <laughs> theory it, either. It's real. Your uh, phone listens to you. Your apps listen to you. What you search listens to you. And it creates, and it's way more efficient now than what it ever used to be. It used to be a lot of manual things that you had to do to watch for it and human interactions. Now it's all very, very quick. Yeah. So it's, and it seems unnatural and it is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's very, very real. So you might even... And here's the thing. I'm going to even go a spiritual route here. You might even get, and I did this, you might even get very vivid visions. Now, visions aren't a gift for everyone um, in, in terms of like a gift gift. Now, people, everybody can get visions, but I got the, I got a gift of visions. But regardless of either way, people can get visions. Um, I did, and I misinterpreted them on what God is actually saying. I'm not going to go into what the visions were, but I misinterpreted them on what God was actually saying. And they were, they were from God hundred percent, but not how I was interpreting them because I had a very toxic lens. My RAS was seeking a way out and pain. I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't see anything else. Mm, yes. And my lens was tainted not only on her, myself and the world. And I had beliefs blocking those things and limiting beliefs, limiting my way. I see things like it's going to be very dangerous. Yes. You can be in an unhealthy place and interpret exactly what God wants you to hear. He can speak to you very clearly. Is it the safest place to go in terms of like uh, trying to just interpret it without the Bible, without biblical backing? No, because no. your lens is unhealthy and you probably most likely, if you're thinking about leaving your marriage, I can tell you right now, you're not in alignment with God. I can tell you right now. So, yeah. And, and along with that, you know, it might even be these thoughts of like, well, I love this other person and God sent that person to me. So that's why, you know, when it comes to like affairs of like, well, I love this other person and, you know they're a gift from God and they're my, they're my true soulmate. And, you know, we're just meant to be like, that's where, and so one, you know, no, God does not go against his word and he's not going to send you someone else's spouse, nor send you, you know, 
uh, just anyone, whether they're like married or not. Like if you're married, he's not going to send you someone else because that would go against his word and make God a liar. So, in, and God doesn't lie and he, he's not going to go against his word there. No, God's so not going to send you someone else's spouse or someone else while you're married. Not going to happen. There's huge misinterpretations there. Now, however, again, we understand Tommy did that, you know, in that aspect. Yeah, it feels and, very real. I get it. It feels I very think real. Most of your affairs were in relation, like either a serious relationship or married. So like, you know, and so, but that's not, that's not from God. I was, you know, when you're in this place, you can be very toxic. And I was, I was very good at falling for people, everyone. And then everyone was very, I was very good at making people fall for me type of thing. And it was one of those things where it's not real. It's an Eros love. It's real love, but it's an Eros love. Meaning that it's it's fake. It's not real. It's infatuation. And it's you trying to escape your reality. It's not real. Uh, the person that's actually standing for your marriage right now, the spouse that wants to save it, that's that's con- that's agape love, unconditional. Yes. And, and so we're not going to dive too far into that, but that is something huge just to have just an awareness of for sure. Like that is... When you think someone else is being sent to you as God, like that's not God. That's the devil messing with you. The The devil 100%. Is, is is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he attacks identity. That's one of the main aspects like he attacks because if he can attack who you are as a person, then you're derailed and you won't be fulfilling your purpose. Hence, we're not going to dive into this, but why we have people like thinking they're cats and can't figure out if they're a man oh or a woman. And, you know, so attacking like that's that is of the enemy, like to cause confusion there and then also in the the then destroying families if he can destroy a family which you know he is great at getting in the middle of not only are you messing up one person but it's impacting generations and um like there's so many and we'll dive more into how that impacts generations but it is it impacts so much and god is all about unity and marriage and that's a gift from god and he's not for division. So it's the devil that wants division, not God. So make sure that we are taking this through your lens of, you know, is this God or not? Like God is wants unity, not not division. Yeah, also, like when it comes to the identity piece here, one more thing here is that if you're seeking happy, like you're really this person, this other person just makes me really happy. Well, you're responsible for your own internal happiness. Joy, peace, happiness, all those things are cultivated from within, not externally. And that person will let you down eventually. Yeah. It's only a matter it, of time. It'll fail. It's not sustainable. Uh, any relationship will fail, the reality is. But anyways, um, what what is God's position on this? Uh, so number one, let's kind of go through these, but these are just common things like we mentioned earlier, like God told me to get a divorce. Number one, God will never tell you to get a divorce. Never. Never, never, never. Now, he does permit it for two different reasons. Affairs, infidelity, right there, right? Obviously, everybody knows that. Most people do. Or unequally yoked spouse. And if that spouse walks away. Now, here's the key thing. I was actually talking to the client because the other day because their spouse is like, well, we're unequally yoked, but they're the one walking away. <laughs> I was like, that's not how it works. It's it's unequally yoked. So it, the way it would work is if, I was, me and my, me and Jessica are unequally yoked. I believed in Christ. She did not. She chose to get a divorce and walk away. I'm allowed to let her walk away. Now, should I still do everything I possibly can to save the marriage? Yes. Yes. That doesn't mean just be a passive beta male on my end and let her walk away. That's, that, that's weakness. That's ridiculous. No, I need to stand up and fight what's right for my principles, my values, God, my marriage, and do everything I possibly can. If she still walks away, unweekly yoked, that's her problem, right? Not mine. And yeah. God permits that. So. He permits it, but that doesn't mean he wants it. No, so God, God told God told us and, and told me, and I'll speak from my own perspective on this, because like I was, I'm not going to lie, I did not want to stay married to Tommy. I was beyond PO'd, okay? I did not like him. And um, to say, like, I didn't love him, like, was just, I, I just didn't even like him, like, at all. And, you know, I was like, God, please tell me I can leave him. Like, I just want to. And God was like, no. He's like, uh, no, and you're going to fix this, and then you're going to use your story to help others. And let me just tell you, I had a lot of unnice things to say to God, and I'm glad God's a big God and can handle my emotions because 
uh, I was real authentic with, with God that day when he told me that. And so even though we had, you know, every right to get the divorce by a lot of reasons, uh, so many reasons, <laughs> um, you know, that's not what God wanted. And, you know, so really seeking that aspect and, you know, that's, that's a huge piece. So even though he allows it, that doesn't mean that's his will or desire. He just allows it for those two different reasons. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, anyways, uh, when we say a lot of reasons for ourselves, we just meant a lot of those two different reasons. We just <laughs> a lot of affairs. Mainly the affairs, though. Um, but anyways, uh, another one is God gave me peace about the divorce. Mm. Well, we already kind of hit on this a lot, but God will not give you a peace about divorce unless, and this is the only, only, we mentioned, we mentioned this. This is the only way. And I know you're like, oh, I'm listening really closely now. Here's the only reason I can get a divorce. I'm ready for it. Come on, give it to me. Right? Like, and it's if you truly have done everything, and I'm going to elaborate on that word right there, everything you can to save the marriage and that spouse still refuses to do the work and they still refuse to, to, to stay married and they still leave you and get divorced. No matter they what. divorce you. They do that. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to elaborate on one thing. People say that they do everything. People say that they do everything. It's like most of the time, pray, go to church, read my Bible, do nice honeydews around the house. They may go to a counselor, which is a joke anyways. They've made significant changes when they really haven't. Um, so like when it comes down to it, like, no, you haven't done everything. Doing everything and building all the right foundation is doing our program. I'm just going to be very yeah. blunt with you. I don't care if it sounds arrogant. It's what it is. If yeah, you haven't built all the right foundations in every single area and done everything there that we teach you how to do, because other programs will teach you to just become more and grow. Growth is not enough. Growth is not enough. The seeing change is not enough. I've had plenty of people get on the phone with me and they're like, my spouse has seen the change. It's just too late. Yeah, because you haven't done the other things. Yeah. And a lot of other things just teach you just to be fine without your spouse, which yes, like you should be fine without your spouse. Like you don't need your spouse. Like it's a, it is a desire. It's a want. However, there is just so much more than just making sure that you're good without them. Like those aren't doing everything. There's so many skills here that's lacking so many different aspects. And so this is important to realize that doing everything isn't just listening to seminars or, you know, listening to books or podcasts either. Like there is so much more and it's going to take an investment, you know, and it's not your fault that you weren't taught these things, but it is your responsibility to do the work to learn. Yep, It will take an investment, a monetary investment. The Bible says wisdom will cost you everything. Yes. So, it will mm. cost you. We've invested over 150000 into our marriage before we saved it and then over five hundred k now. So, like, you know, it's it's one of those things where, yes, you will have to continue to invest into your marriage, at least on a um, to save it standpoint. Um, but that being said, though, we choose to continue to invest because we like it. I'm about to say, let's, but, let's clarify. You should always be growing always as a person. And we do not believe in being stagnant. No. And, like, that's, like, the toxic green pond water. So we are continually investing in ourselves to grow in, in all areas just yep. for clarity there. Yeah. And I made a post, I made a Facebook post. I'll just bring this up. It says most people want to just dream about how great things could be, but then do nothing about it. They would rather live in the comfortably numb, miserable, frustrated, torturous existence. And, and then afterwards, what they do is they play victim. I did everything. No, you didn't. Yeah. Right. You didn't do everything. So like most people know, uh, but in reality here, uh, if you have a sense of peace for anything other than what we just mentioned, then that's not from God. That's the devil. Yes, yes, God will give you a sense of peace if the marriage is done, it's over, and it's and it, like the paperwork's going through tomorrow, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, move on, right? Um, now, our opinion, not biblical, is to stand until the person remarries, but that's not a biblical thing. That's just our opinion. Um, and most certainly not jump into dating. There's massive healing and learning and growth yeah. on your side because otherwise you're just going to repeat the cycle. But yeah. that's that's a different side note um, in that aspect. But if you're standing and fighting for the marriage and you think God is still giving you a sense of peace, then that's not God. You know, it's just there is so no, many if different... if your spouse is standing fighting yeah, for the sorry. marriage. Like, um, so just making sure like you recognize like your lens and like their lens, just in the whole aspect that we've been talking about of just the, the hurting aspect of so many people twist things because of them looking for a way to escape. 
Yeah, like so what she was saying, like, just to clarify that point, because I don't want people to misinterpret it. If your spouse is standing and fighting for the marriage and you think God is still giving you a piece of sense, a pe- sense of peace, then that's not God. <laughs> if your spouse is actually fighting for the marriage, no, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. Um, and you're like, you don't understand what all we've been through. Oh, we'll tell you in a minute. Just wait. Yeah. Um, so another one is God wants me to be happy. Uh, well, God doesn't want you necessarily to pursue happiness. Let's put it that. Let's just clear that up right now. Um, or pers- follow your heart. Heart's deceptive. But of course, God wants his children to be happy. God wants his, God wants to bless his children with abundance in life in all areas of life, uh, not just monetarily, but all areas of life, for them to be a blessing, for them to reflect the fruits of the Holy Spirit so they can show his love to other people through them. However, it's not based on following the world's way, but his path. His path is not divorce. Yes, and it actually says, you know, so many different aspects, like, you know, that you're going to pick up your cross and follow him, you know, in those aspects. And it doesn't say follow your heart. It actually tells you that following your heart and feelings will lead you astray. They're fickle. They're not trustworthy. So don't make decisions that way. There's just so many different things here that it, it the Bible says about being clear about, you know, yes, like we can have happiness because that's cultivated within, but it's not like, oh, you know, do whatever you want to make you happy. Like that goes against what God says. Yeah. Happiness, joy, peace, all those things are fruits of the Holy Spirit plus so much more. But they're built from within despite outside circumstances. So mm-hmm. understand that. Uh, you're responsible for your own happiness. Your spouse is not. Uh, God doesn't want this for the kids. Let's talk about this one. I get very heated here. So first of all, if you don't know me very well, I am extremely passionate about kids and, you know, their mental state, their upbringing. This, this comes from like one, there's not not just, there's not bad emotions. My anger and, you know, my, like I, I get pretty worked up about this one. I lived this and, you know, again, using my experience coming through divorce destroys kids. I don't care what you say about, yeah, we can co-parent and, you know, like that's great. And no, like it's and okay, well, they can have two of everything. No, it's, it's not, that is not what's best. And I cannot tell you how many times, like there's going to be something like the kids are going to be and most of the time they're played against each other. You know, they have to hear from, even if it's not you directly, it might be you know, your parents and or the in-laws being talked about about the spouses and just a vision. You got also, blended families on top of all that. Blended family is different. And oh my gosh. And then there's like the, the favoritism of like kids or, you know, seeing, you know, your, your new spouse, seeing that your ex in your kid and then having that resentment and they're trying not to, but it just like rubs them the wrong way. There's so many different aspects that come into this. So, you know, what the, what God doesn't want for the kids is to grow up in a divided home, not seeing what a real relationship is. Can't tell you how many people we talked to that are like, I've never seen a healthy relationship. I don't Thousands. know. I, I don't know what a real marriage looks like. I don't know, you know, what love is. How do, how do you communicate? What do you mean? Like yelling, screaming, throwing things, having tantrums? Like that's not, that, that's not normal. Like, and so many aspects here, like actually, unfortunately it's very common, but it's not what a marriage is supposed to look like. So what's best for the kids is to actually, actually show them what a healthy individual is. The best gift that you can ever give your kid is to teach them what is a healthy individual what is a healthy how, marriage how do you have healthy relationships what's a healthy marriage what is the actual roles how do you have respect how do you cultivate you know different cultures in your home to create a thriving safe place how do you how do you do those that is more impactful than any kind of private school you can put your kid into or any kind of college you can pay for. I I, I can't stand it when people are like, well, I'm, I can't do anything for myself for my marriage because I'm paying for my kid's college. Okay, well, congratulations that you are costing them the best gift that you can ever give them because if you don't know it, you can't teach them. Congratulations, kid. Here's your graduation present. A divorced family. This was, it, Have a happy life. And then the, like they don't know, and then they're going to be repeating cycles. It impacts the kids on so many 
so many different levels. Yeah, this your is, priorities are screwed up. Yeah. And this, this is honestly, you know, an, an impact like, man, you know, growing up in a blended home, it's hard. And there is, it causes, there's a lot of trauma. Like these, these things cause like having your parents divorce is very traumatizing. I was four when my parents divorced and it was some of the most traumatic experiences of my life. Yeah. So, you know, on top of all that, like when it comes to this, that you, that your kids should see you fight for your marriage. Like you tell your kids, Oh, you can be whatever you want, do whatever you want in life. Okay. Well, why haven't you? Why didn't you stand up and fight? Why were you passive and weak and not fight for your marriage? Yeah. And why were you why were you a weak individual and not and and get, gave up when it was the hardest? No. Like you fight for your marriage. You fight for your standards. You know, you fight for what's right. And you don't give up. You have a mentality of die or or stay on the treadmill, one of the two. So like when it comes down to it um you can fight for your marriage though with and still have boundaries and not not be a doormat though 100%. so just be very clear there like you doesn't it doesn't have to continue the way you're doing it you just the way you're doing it sucks that's all yeah so this whole like well it's better to have two happy homes than one broken home and you know there's this person on my facebook that is recently divorced and like again it's one of those things spreading toxic behavior just because that's where they're like yay like i am free like you know, no, like it, and that is not actually setting the example. You're like, not free. You're avoiding conflict, which is a false sense of happiness. And if you don't actually get to the root issues and solidify, like what is the deeper aspects going on? Because it, I don't, it's not just your spouse. Like it's in the relationship. It's never just one. And the broken, if you're like, well, they're broken. Well, the, the brokenness in each other is what attracted you to each other, by the way. So it's not just one. So you have to have that own healing and fix that within yourself. If not, you're just going to create a second home with the same toxic behaviors. And it may not come out initially. It might take a little bit of time, but the same patterns will be worse and worse and worse. There's so many people I talk to all and they're like, well, it's not even like, you know, they're on their second marriage. Like, it's not even anything they did. It's just the trauma I bring in. And like, that's because you can't just run from these things. It's going to follow you. You have to have the true foundations. Yeah. We talked to, we talked to number one, I will tell you with kids and everything. We talk to tens of thousands of people every year that have issues with their kids and they're even suicidal when they get divorced and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of bad things that happen. They act up. And what I will tell you is if you think you're arrogant enough to be the one individual, one couple that's going to make a difference out of tens of thousands of people we talk to every year, when you have no foundations, no, no, no understanding of what it's really like to be a healthy individual, nor in a healthy relationship, you're insane. No, it's not going to happen. It's going to suck. So anyways, like the point is like, don't go down that route. It's not that it's not that like you can't make it work. It's just that you don't know how. Also, I'll touch on one more thing. You're like, well, I know, I know someone's going to bring it up. Well, you can't have a conversation with a narcissist. You can't have a conversation with a bipolar person. Do those things exist? Yes, we've talked about them plenty of times. Are they really rare? Yes, uh, really, really rare. They're not as common as what most people think. And I can prove, and Destin can prove, out of the 15, 20,000 plus people that are in our group, almost every single one of them to be narcissist and bipolar. I can label anyone. That's going through relationship trauma, bipolar, narcissist with enough. I can, I can find a red flag. I guarantee you, I promise. <laughs> like it's not hard. So the point is, can it happen? Sure. But God doesn't make those people. God doesn't say God created man, woman, and then narcissist doesn't happen. So anyways, another one is like, this is not God's plan for my life. Of course, it's not God's plan for your life. Of course, bad marriage and toxicity no. isn't God's plan for your life, but neither is divorce. Like, however he can, he can't, he didn't cause it to happen that he gives us all free will. It was never his plan for your life. And that's what, that's the yeah. thing is most people yeah. end up here because of their free will. They're choosing so many different idols and putting their selves first before God and not following his self. And, you know, sorry. Anyways, yeah, it's a lot of different things yes, but um, that we could go over here, but uh, it's all another podcast. But anyways, he will use it for his will and purpose though. I can tell you that right now. So yes. just understand that. Also, another thing is this is not how God intended marriage to be. No, it's not. Of course like, not. He did not. And when I think back to our hell on earth, like that is not what God designed marriage to be. 
And he was probably up there just shaking his head at us, like how like how ridiculous we were. You know, it was just like wow. Very petty. Uh, we were we were so petty. And you know, so it, it's not that like that he didn't design marriage that way. You know, but you know, you're at the aspect of you're not healthy individuals, not before or right now. And so, you know, God's designed marriage based on two healthy individuals. Yeah. So you have to have those right foundations not only in the marriage, but within yourselves first. Yeah. Also, the truth is, like, you were set up to fail from the very beginning. And the next relationship, if you if you get divorced and move on to another one, you'll fail too. I guarantee it. Mark my words. Remember this. Bookmark it for when it does in the future. I promise you it will. Guaranteed. 100 billion percent. Um, so, like, when it comes down to it, I don't care if it's 10, 20 years down the road, it will eventually fail. I promise you. If you do not have the right foundations. So, Another, how do you fix this then versus just ending it? They're like, well, what, how do you freaking fix it now, right? Okay, well, we'll tell you. Glad you asked. So you have to build not only a thriving marriage, but you have to build it on, our, on the right foundations. So you two were built on crap foundations, number one. Like you didn't have the right foundations. You weren't showing what a healthy marriage looks like. And you weren't, under, you don't understand what healthy individuals look like. You don't have the right mindsets on things. So like it's not, it's not any marriage or people that's the issue or sorry. It's not any marriage that's the issue or people that's the issue. Uh, it's cause God doesn't design crap systems, AKA marriage or make crap people. It's not the way he works. He doesn't, he's, he's a, he bases everything he does in excellence. However, uh, it's a lack of foundations. That's the wrong thing here. Yeah. Like we teach mindset phase one, individual phase two, marriage phase three, tools phase four if you do not have all of these you will fail so much and people start in tools and that's where like the tactics and stuff come in or they start with just the marriage like going to marriage counseling and stuff and I'm like no like already failed. like you have to build the right foundations like again it wasn't your fault that you weren't taught you know and it's not saying that your parents are bad people either but they weren't taught this is something that our society has epically failed at epically failed at teaching how to be a healthy individual, how to have, you know, the right mindsets to be the healthy individual, how to have healthy relationships in general. And if you are not a healthy individual, then you're not going to have a healthy marriage. You know, this plays out all the time. You know, in fact, unhealthy individuals repulse and reject and push away healthy individuals because of their own limiting beliefs and toxic patterns. They push away. So the only thing they have going on in their life is nothing but chaos and toxicity and unhealthy relationships. Yep. The only reason our clients and people like that are, are even around us is because we're intentionally around them and we want to help them overcome things. And they grow. And they grow. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I would, if I weren't doing this, I wouldn't be around that. Like it's, it's not that I hate them. I love my clients. I love the people that we work with, but I want to be able, and I want to be able to help them, but it, I wouldn't intentionally be around that on a regular basis. I would limit my time with it to help, but I wouldn't be around it all the time. Especially because it's just like the mindset factors. And it goes back to, you know, one of the aspects like you're the average of the five people you're around the most. And this also goes into what you listen to the most, because we also have a lot of loners uh, that are isolated right now. And they're like, well, I'm not around anyone other than like my spouse, my kids, and that's it. But also like, well, what are you taking in? you know, that like that plays a massive role as well. But so knowing that you just weren't taught these foundations. So it wasn't your fault that you weren't taught. Now, as we have explained and taught you and made you aware, like you're having awareness, it is your responsibility to fix it so that you can. You can't ride on the whole, well, I, I wasn't taught, like it's not my fault. Like you're right, it wasn't your fault up until this point. But now, now, you know. now it's your responsibility to take action after this very moment in time right now. And so we just wanted to really challenge you to give your marriage one last try. Yeah, almost. So here's the thing, like almost all the people that come to us were at the end of their ropes. They were. Yep. Hundreds, thousands of people were at the end of their ropes. They tried almost, a lot of people have tried almost everything out there, just like we did. Well, a lot of things. I wouldn't say almost everything, but a lot of people have tried a lot of things out there. Uh, we did. We did also. So like what I will tell you is we tried everything from counseling, therapy, webinars, intensives, like, I mean, pastors, retreats, books. books I mean, you name it. All the tactics. All the tactics. <laughs> I mean, we spent over 150K. Also, 
you're like, well, you don't understand what we've been through. I want to mention this because people that are on the fence about things, not us, but just like saving their marriage. I know this saying these exact things have inspired people to give hope. So I'm going to tell you, we've been through an insane number of affairs, physical and emotional on both ends. A lot. Um, so much so that we forgot quite a few of them. Uh, it's hard to keep track. Physical abuse, we've been through that. We've been through mental abuse, verbal abuse, trust issues, communication issues. We couldn't even, a lot of people that come to us could talk about surface, da- surface level, level day-to-day yeah. logistical stuff. We couldn't even talk about that. Yeah, we just didn't Anything. Talk. Nothing. Uh, financial, and if we did talk, it was like biting each other's throats out. Financial abuse, intimacy issues. Massive identity issues, uh, massive there. Uh, anxiety through the roof, depression, suicidal issues. We had a ton of triggers, you know, the mental disorders, like whether it be bipolar, of narcissist, or what is it, like PTSD, C. Like we had all of these different aspects and labels. We had a lot of childhood trauma. I talked briefly about a little bit of mine, but, you know, labeled so many different aspects. And yes, like we also, we had, we went through separation. He had divorce papers. He had a place picked out. Like there was. Seen other people too. Like it was just, it was. We went through all of these things. Mm-hmm. Plus, honestly, I don't have time to go through it here, but so much more that you're not seeing that's not behind that's behind the scenes on each individual one of these things. Um, so uh, there was so much. Oh my gosh, it was hell on earth. Um, but if we can make it through it, most people have not been through everything we've been through. If you if we can make it through it, you can too. Yes. So we've been through all this. We understand, and if we can, you can save it too. Better than what it's ever. Been. And that's a key point. I, I want to clarify most, some people are like, I want to go back. No, you don't want to go back. Going back will put you exactly where you are here. Our marriage is in our relationship now is so much better than it ever was so much better than it ever was. And so you can have that too. You just don't know how. Yep. Also, I wanted will, to give you hope. Yeah. Also, I will tell for the individuals here, that are listening, that are standing for their marriage. They're like, well, it takes two to save a marriage. No, it doesn't. We help hundreds of people all the time save their marriage when the other spouse doesn't want to have a lot of people come on every single week. Uh, their spouses that no desire to save the marriage and come on with a program. We use a power of one method that we use to save the marriages. Um, it takes one healthy individual to save a marriage two to have it. If you really want to save it, you can always reach out to us, but that's just to put that out there for you. Don't lose hope either there. I just want to provide that hope there. Absolutely. But we love you guys, all of you married and individual standing, all of you, all of you people here. We just want to tell you the truth because we're truth tellers. We want to give you honest, honesty, truthfulness, and mostly breed hope here. So we love you. God loves you. And he wants to see your marriage saved. And we will see you on the next podcast. Have a good one. Bye. Now that's all we have for today's show. And remember, prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day and God bless.